Hi, I'm Debbie Georgiatis. Welcome to my show, America Can We Talk. Today we're going to talk about Trump at the UN. Judge Janine Pirro joins me to talk about her new book, Radicals, Resistance and Revenge, and Climate Insanity and an Islamic Snowflake Tragedy. And I'll tell you why these stories matter to you. Stay tuned. Debbie Georgiatis, host of America Can We Talk, is an author, attorney, and political analyst whose mission is to inspire the American political conversation about preserving liberty in the best country on earth. Hello again and welcome to America Can We Talk. I'm Debbie Georgiatis. Well, today before I got here, I dutifully collected a bunch of great segments from President Trump's speech at the UN this morning. It was hard to choose it from because many, many good segments. We may get to them later in the show. I want to spend our first five today talking about this unbelievable drama unfolding in Capitol Hill. Today, in fact, right as we speak, the Democrats in the Congress, led by Nancy Pelosi, are holding a caucus meeting to decide whether or not to move for impeachment of President Trump. And there is already, as I literally parked in this building today, there was an announcement from Fox saying that Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of the House, is intending to make an announcement at five o'clock today. It appears she's going to announce that the Democrats have voted to move toward impeachment, to have a, to begin the hearing in the House toward impeaching President Trump. And the alleged reason, at least the speculation is, this conversation with respect that President Trump had with President Zelensky uh, in July of this year, the president of the Ukraine, in which the, as you know, we talked about yesterday at great length, the media went wild, the Democrats went wild, claiming that Trump had somehow inappropriately uh, urged the president of Ukraine, Zelensky, to relook into the Biden investigation, the whole issue of Biden and his son Hunter Biden and uh, Vice President, then Vice President Biden, arm twisting the then president to fire the top prosecutor in that country because that prosecutor was looking into a company on which Joe Biden's son Hunter sat on the board. And the idea was this, and actually, and we played the clip yesterday, Biden has acknowledged that he arm twisted. He said to this Ukraine, his Ukrainian president he was talking to, you're gonna fire this prosecutor or I'm gonna withhold aid from America. He literally threatened money being withheld by America if they wouldn't fire this prosecutor whose investigation was hurting Biden's son. So now we're back to reality. We have in Washington today, the Democrats saying they're gonna hold a vote today at a four o'clock, I mean, happening while we're speaking, allegedly in an hour, Pelosi's going to announce that Trump is they're moving toward impeachment. And another interesting facet of all this is that President Trump today has announced that he will tomorrow, so just tomorrow, he will release a transcript of the conversation between himself and President Zelensky. Obviously, he's not too worried about what he said, but I could tell you folks, I think the Democrats are shooting themselves in the foot. Most recent polling was something like 37, only 37% of Americans support impeachment. Many Democrats already can see it's a crazy idea. Pelosi didn't want to go along with it. But I think the reason they're going for it at this time is because they're running out of time. I think the Democrats can see that Trump will probably win re-election in 2020 unless they can take him out. And all their other efforts so far fail. So this one they think will somehow have teeth. They'll somehow, it's their last ditch effort to move forward on impeachment. And that, my friends, is today's first five. 
As I mentioned at the beginning of the show, we have joining us on the phone today uh, just a, f a favorite of Consorters in America, Judge Janine Pirro, and she is going to be joining us by phone, talking about her new book, which I'm going to hold up so you can see it. Very good, very fast read, very deep, very insightful, just fun as can be. The book is called Radicals, Resistance, and Revenge, The Left's Plot to Remake America. And I believe we have Judge Janine on the phone. Hello? Yes, yes, you do. How are you, Debbie? I'm um, very well. How are you? I am very well. Okay. Uh, you are absolutely right in your five minutes uh, uh, review there. Uh, the Democrats are, uh, are as we speak, uh, cooking up an impeachment inquiry, Nancy Pelosi. And that's why I wrote Radicals, Resistance and Revenge. Uh, they are radicals. They are resisting everything that we did of putting this president in resisting everything he does, and it's all about revenge because they couldn't drag Hillary Clinton across the presidential finish line. And this is just another example of what I talk about in the book. It's more and more of the vitriol and the hate for Donald Trump. If they, if they look, they got their own guy, at, you know, to investigate Donald Trump for two years based upon a fraudulent warrant, and I was a judge, and I signed warrants all the time. And if you brought me a warrant as law enforcement, you'd have to back it up with something very, very uh, uh, substantial. And either this judge was in on it, or the judge is inept. It's one or the other. And, and yet, they allowed for two years this country to be at each other's throats over whether or not Donald Trump was a Russian asset or a, a, a Putin puppet. In the end, he wasn't, okay? He wasn't, but the Democrats didn't want to drop that. They had to keep talking about it because all they care about is power and winning. And they are resisting us, and this is just, it, 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 you know, if it weren't so bad, it would be laughable. Because this is, this, is, this is unacceptable for America. These people in Washington ought to be working for us. We have the best economy we've had in almost 50 years in terms of the people who have the ability to work now. And, and they and the military and law enforcement, every metric is up, and they want to take this guy down. It is pathetic, but it's them. It's what the radicals are doing. It is what the radicals, that was a great summary. It is what the radicals are doing. I actually think it's really, uh, they are in a quandary. I do think that uh, Nancy Pelosi is slightly more savvy. She's just as vicious, but she's slightly more savvy than many of the, the rabble-rouser Democrats in the U.S. House. She's been trying to put the brakes on this, saying, we don't have anything on him, folks. We don't have a reason to impeach. We have a, a congressman from Texas, I'm embarrassed to say he's from the gray state of Texas, uh, Al yeah, Green, who said, right. yeah, we're going to push for impeachment because I think he's a racist. I mean, just the most absurd bases. And uh, to me, Jean, uh, Judge Janine, in addition to you know the absurdity of all this, is it's such a uh, an attack on our Constitution, on the seriousness of the presidency, on the seriousness of what should be considered when you actually move toward impeachment of the president based on, in my view, pretty much nothing. Well, you know, Debbie, you are so right. It's not just that the president is a racist, according to them. We have to be racist because oh, yeah. we support him. I mean, that's how crazy this all is. We are racist. We are homophobes, Islamophobes, whatever you want to call us, because we support him. They want to take away our First Amendment freedoms, our right to say what we want. They stop us from universities and colleges. You know, you've got Hollywood 
still, and I thought I finished with them in Liars, Leakers, and Liberals, my last book. Yep. But they're at it again with Deborah Messing saying, I want to I wanna out everybody who supports Donald Trump, when in the end, I mean, it's McCarthyism 2019. You'll never work in this town again if you support Donald Trump. Well, who the hell are you to decide whether or not someone should work? Who the hell are you to say, I don't want to work with someone because of their politics? I mean, this is just, and let me tell you something. My, my prediction, Debbie, is that this is going to backfire on them. Because Joe Biden, as you said, is the one who his son was collecting millions. Joe Biden was yep. the energy point man in the Obama administration, collecting millions his son yep. was. And then he's withholding money to stop the prosecutor investigating the son's company that he was working for. I mean, this is craziness. It is craziness. And I think that if they do. Oh, excuse me. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, go ahead. I'm sorry, Debbie. I think that the effort, if they're going to really go for impeachment on this, on the conversation President Trump had with President Zelensky in July, it is going to cause many Americans, because all the conservatives are going to be saying, wait a minute, you're troubled by Trump saying, hey, look into Biden, and somehow you, the Democrats, are not bothered by what Biden did, and then you're going to have more Americans looking into it. I don't think Joe Biden probably likes this very much, because all of his wrongdoing, it has been exposed, it's been written about, Peter Schweitzer's book, and other places have written about it. Right. But this is going to bring it right. all back in the public eye. I think, do you think Biden is happy about this effort or not? I think Biden is too dumb to figure it out. <laughs> and I think his goose is cooked. Uh, you know, I okay. think Biden, the fact that he would act, look, I've been a prosecutor, a judge, and a DA for 30 years, okay? I've run for office five times. The fact that this guy would get out there and actually uh, yell, you know, to, to, to the cameras and everyone else, hey, I took that money. I told him you're not getting that money unless you get rid of that prosecutor. That is an admission. That is a confession. Are you kidding me? You're leveraging American money so your son's company can get a freebie and your son is making millions when he's got no background in oil and energy? Are you kidding me? Are you stupid or just not with the program? I played that clip on the show yesterday. I know. That clip of Joe Biden, so proud of himself. It's like it did not occur to him. I'm acknowledging on this nationally televised uh, stage that I actually threatened the my the, the president of Ukraine or whoever he was dealing with over there saying the prosecutor goes, we withhold money. He wasn't even trying to hide it. And just that seems like if you're Nancy Pelosi, you ought to be able to put that together a little better and think this isn't going to fly long term in America that we're trying to go after Trump. And Biden said that. But I want to tour the things about your book. Your book is fabulous. It just takes down the left in, in a way that just makes you smile as you read every page. I love what you said about Thank political. You. Yeah, it's so fun to read. Uh, I love the idea that you talk about political correctness, <laughs> silencing the First Amendment. I, I mean, it's just and, and this and, and was yep. virtue signaling nobility while you're doing it. You want to talk about that a minute? Well, yeah, I mean, you know, the political correctness is the enemy of free speech, because essentially what the left is doing is they're saying, if you use this term, you are a, you know, a deplorable racist, whatever they want to call you. And so then what you try to do to protect yourself is you don't you don't say something, you don't think differently. And when the United States Supreme Court has held without a doubt that hate speech, not that we're, I am promoting it, but a difference of speech is is not only protected, even hate speech is protected. 
That's why we have the First Amendment. If we didn't have the First Amendment, we would only tolerate speech that all of us agree with. We don't all agree with the left, but they're doing their darndest to shut us down. And shame on them. Shame on Nancy Pelosi. I think in the end this thing is going to backfire. And uh, I hope it does, because you know what? Donald Trump gets up every day. He's the tip of the spear fighting for us. And every day he takes incoming. I mean, today, a fabulous speech at the U.N. He'll end the day with them starting a formal impeachment inquiry. Who needs this stuff? I mean, think about it. Who needs it? You know, that contrast between his speech this morning, what I was struck by listening to it was contrasting, recalling hearing how President Obama talked to the U.N. President Trump just said, hey, I stand up for America. That's my job. And you all and your country should stand up for your people and defend your people's interests and rights. He was proudly patriotic. He wasn't mean-spirited, but he's proudly defending America. And the contrast people see with how President Obama seemed at the time to be apologizing all the time for America and denigrating America and kind of supporting globalism, whereas Trump right out came right out and said in the U.N., uh, no yep. thanks on globalism. Actually, this is, I know we yep. have a limited amount of time. If you want to make some commentary yep. about his U.N. speech today, I thought it was fabulous. I loved it. And I, I, if you want to make the last commentary on that, that'd be great. Well, you know what? I thought the speech was uh, one of uh, the president's finest. I think it was all about America first. I think it was a very calm discussion of how Tehran is uh, calling for death to America, is a danger to all the world, how the illegals coming across are, are nothing more than uh, uh, with these coyotes and these, uh, 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 these get cartels helping illegals come across. It's nothing more than a facade that they're using to bring in illegals into this country. And in the end, I think his speech resonated with everyone there because it wasn't me, 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 I did this. It was, we want to live in a world where we all respect women, the LGBT community, which I was, you know, I was very impressed with that. And he just went across the board with, let's support America, let's support peace efforts, and that's how he ended it. I thought it was great. Me too. So Judge Jeanine Perot, again, for our, our listeners, this is the book, Judge Jeanine Perot, Radicals, Resistance, and Revenge. Fun, fun read. I also want to mention uh, that we didn't even get Thank to you, many, many, yeah, many of the topics you hit in there, but this book, Political Correctness, Silencing Speech, the Electoral College, how could they not possibly understand the importance of that? The illegal aliens, the present legal aliens, and the unwillingness of the American left to defend our borders. China, Russia, standing up for life. It was a cel- really, your book is a celebration of what our side stands for and how the left would destroy it. So uh, great job, and thank you so much for joining me. And by the way, there are 30 pages of footnotes. If anybody needs to support an argument, I used to be on Law Review. I hated it. But I figure (laughs) if you need to back up your argument, go to the footnotes. Absolutely. (laughs) Thanks so much, Debbie. Thank you, Justine. Great talking with you. Okay, folks, I got to tell you, this is, she's a fun interview. I had actually, I was going to mention a few years ago, uh, we brought her to Dallas, a group of women brought her to Dallas to speak at this big function um, uh, at Christmas time. And I had the great pleasure of introducing her. She's actually just as much fun in person as she was in, in her show, as she is here. She's full of life and full of just passionate love of America, just, just, and her clarity and her be able to, her ability to dig in on the issues and, and spell out what they mean. 
you, it comes across when she speaks, it comes across in her show, and it comes across in her book. So I really do urge you to buy it and read it and enjoy it. And actually, buy it as a Christmas gift for your liberal friends. Now, maybe that won't fly, but anyway, great, great gift and, and great, uh, great American. I'm so glad to have her on board, uh, you know, speaking up on the team, speaking up for America. Well, as I mentioned at the start of the show, I had planned the first five today to run some clips about the UN, uh, President Trump's UN speech. I think I'm just gonna summarize a few things that were so striking. He, in the UN this morning, talked about the, just started out by saying, in fact, I will, the very first clip, Matt, the very wonderful, um, if we have it, the very first clip was Trump at the UN just talking about what he sees his job is as an American president defending this country. Like those who met us before. Our time is one of great contests, high stakes, and clear choices. The essential divide that runs all around the world and throughout history is once again thrown into stark relief. It is the divide between those whose thirst for control deludes them into thinking they are destined to rule over others, and those people and nations who want only to rule themselves. I have the immense privilege of addressing you today as the elected leader of a nation that prizes liberty, independence, and self-government above all. The United States, after having spent over two and a half trillion dollars since my election to completely rebuild our great military is also by far the world's most powerful nation. Hopefully, it will never have to use this power. Americans know that in a world where others seek conquest and domination, our nation must be strong in wealth, in might, and in spirit. That is why the United States vigorously defends the traditions and customs that have made us who we are. Wise leaders always put the good of their own people and their own country first. The future does not belong to globalists. The future belongs to patriots. The future belongs to sovereign and independent nations who protect their citizens, respect their neighbors, and honor the differences that make each country special and unique. It is why we in the United States have embarked on an exciting program of national renewal. In everything we do, we are focused on empowering the dreams and aspirations of our citizens. Globalism exerted a religious pull over past leaders, causing them to ignore their own national interests. But as far as America is concerned, those days are over. Okay, that, I mean, honest to goodness, that speech alone, you just want to stand up and say, I'm with him. Because, and I, as I said earlier, talking with Judge Janine, you try to recall how President Obama sounded at the UN, this idea of pride in your nation. And he's not saying other nations shouldn't have pride in their nation. He said, we all should, all of you should. Every nation is unique and, and we you honor your uniqueness. But he's willing to say America's great. This is why he won election. 
This is why he won his election in 2016 and why he will win in 2020 unless the Democrats somehow manage to get him out of office. Now, to be really clear, as I said earlier, the House is moving toward impeachment, it appears, um, and you know they can do that. There is no specific limitation in the Constitution. Uh, I mean, there is language in the Constitution, but it has yet to be defined by cases. So if they move toward impeachment, which you know they may or may not do, number one, there is no plan and there's no way there's going to be removal of, from office, which is what the Senate has to vote on. The United States Senate, and that's the way the Constitution set it up. The House moves, they can have an impeachment hearing and they can move to impeach and then the Senate would have to vote to remove. And the Senate is not going to do that. But having said that, I think that the Democrats are really doing is showing the American people that they don't agree with the sentiments President Trump just expressed. That's what they're telling America. We don't like America this strong. Everything Trump said in that speech today talked about the importance of borders. He talked about the danger posed by radical Islam, the threat of radical Islam through Iran in this world. He talked about China taking advantage of America and other countries for decades. He spoke of a strong, good America. That's what Americans want. And the Democrats in the House are either so tone deaf they can't figure that out, or they have just committed too many times to their uneducated base, their uninformed base, that they're somehow going to remove him, that they have to make good on their promise, even though, as I'm telling you as I'm sitting here, folks, Nancy Pelosi knows this is going to backfire big time. She knows it's a really bad move. Now, maybe she'll announce today that they're going to hold off a decision on impeachment until President Trump releases a conversation with Zelensky, which he says he'll do tomorrow. But I got to tell you, Trump wouldn't be releasing it if it were a problem. So Pelosi knows it's not a problem. These, these are just, you know, very high stakes, very, very significant times in this country. And I do think it's a great opportunity for Americans to again, to revisit the Constitution, to recognize how absurd the Democrats mission is to remove President Trump. It's not about anything he's done. They tried to, they thought they could remove him over this cooked up Russia-Trump collusion. They thought they could remove him. Well, it wasn't collusion, but it was obstruction, but there's nothing there. Nothing there with collusion, nothing there with obstruction. They've tried everything and they're at a desperate point. They feel like if they want to regain any ground with the people, they got to get this thing rolling. This Zelensky thing conversation fell on their lap and they're jumping on it, but it will not fly it may, it may fly with the House Democrats. It will not fly in the court of public opinion in America. It will fall flat on its face. And I think Nancy Pelosi knows that. She just can't figure out how to convince her fellow Democrats to wise up and wake up and see that. So to be continual, find out what happens uh, on the uh, Trump impeachment thing um, tomorrow. I want to turn to two other stories today. One has to do with, uh, it was also at the UN. I, um, it's I called this climate insanity. I want to introduce three facts and then turn you, turn you to a clip played at the UN uh, climate conference or climate summit they had, which I think was yesterday, but whenever it was, President Trump notably did not attend. There's a big meeting in the UN. It's the 74th or 75th General Convention where Trump was speaking this morning. Yesterday was his climate summit and Trump did not attend it. But I want to just introduce three facts and then talk about that. Fact number one. Many, there, there is no, as we talked about in the show before, there is no consensus. There's not a consensus that 97% of climate scientists in the world agree that man caused catastrophic global warming or global climate change is even occurring. It is not true. There's never been that consensus. It was cooked up by the left and one of those things they cook up and they perpetuate and perpetuate. 
but there's a new book coming out. I just I cannot wait to share this with you. A new book uh, written by a Japanese climate scientist. And when I say a climate scientist, he has worked for decades in the climate science sciences and, and was on board with the climate change fervor, with the climate alarmists. And so he's done all sorts of global warming science, um, you know, testing models, MIT, Georgia Institute of Technology, Goddard Space Center, work with all of them, published 20 climate uh, papers. This climate scientist's name in Japan is Dr. Mota, Motataka, this is Dr. Motataka Nakamura. And Dr. Nakamura, decades long, you know, climate doctor, a climate scientist, has written a book in Japanese. It's now being translated into English. Let me summarize what he's saying. All this climate change hysteria is foolishness. There's no science to it. It's a lie. It's a hoax. He's, and this is a guy knows what he's talking about. He talked, for example, uh, he used the expression, the sorry state of climate science. The title of the book, as translated into English, is Confessions of a Climate Scientist. The global warming hypothesis is an unproven hypothesis. And so he has, I mean, you can read decades of his, his experience, but I want to tell you one among the many things he's talking about. All of the alarm about climate change, all the alarm about climate change, comes from models. Climate scientists gather data around the world, various places, they all agree on gathering data, and then they use it to create a chart, create a, an image for people to look at. And they create scary images based on data from this year, this year, this year, moving forward. Look at this, my gosh, the world's gonna end. So that's what climate scientists do. They don't actually have any science to it. They're making predictions based on models. And that is precisely what this doctor Nakamura is writing about that the climate models are complete farce. They are not legitimate. He talks about, he says, today's vast panoply of global warming science, he puts global warming science in quotes, is like an upside down pyramid built on the work of a small number of serious climate modelers. A small number, serious climate modelers who claim to have demonstrated human-derived CO2 emissions as the cause of, of warming, and, and they project that that warming goes forward. Listen to this sentence. Every orthodox climate researcher takes this output from the modelers' black boxes as a given. So everything you're hearing from all these climate hysteria, climate alarmist types, is all based in a small number of climate modelers. And so he goes to example after example after example of the farce of the modelers, how they the modelers will decrease the temperature that was to have appeared at the beginning end of their chart to make it appear warming is occurring more than it is. He goes to many, many details explaining why there's no this is this is just fiction. This is fiction writing by climate modelers. So this book is going to be coming out in English. Uh, he taught, in fact, some of the, I would read you some of this description, but honestly, it's so darn wonky and scientific that the climate modelers are going to have to do some answering for it. But um, he's, you know, he's the real deal talking about this problem. So this is coming out soon. And doctor, this uh, Japanese doctor, uh, Nakamura, is not the only one. He's just the latest one. He's someone who's able to speak without having the oppressive American media and the oppressive American left shut him down, mock him, deride him. He's able to speak truth about this climate 
agenda. Number two, I wanted to tell you about, before I get to what happened at the UN's uh, climate summit yesterday, the Green New Deal is the biggest deal going in America for the effort to have, it is the target mission of the American left, if they can just get enough people to buy into their climate change alarmism, to buy into the alarmism, alarmism and then they want to have this Green New Deal uh, out on the table. They have many, many people, significant Democrats, all of the candidates for president on the Democrat side have signed on to this. Just a few things that you wouldn't realize uh, what might be in there. Banning all affordable energy. That's in the Green New Deal. Banning all affordable energy. Elimination of all fossil fuel energy. Elimination of nuclear energy. One of the safest, most efficient forms of development of energy. That's out. Eliminating 99% of cars. Uh, you don't think you'll have a car if these people got their power. Uh, gut and rebuild every building in America. Eliminate air travel. You think you're going to fly home to see grandma next summer? I don't think so. No. These people are saying this, this is a totalitarian agenda, the Green New Deal, couched in terms of environmentalism. So fact one, Nakamura's, Makanura's book is coming out. I'm sorry, I don't mean to. I want to get his name correct. It is Nakamura. Is, is, his new book is coming out in English, completely exposing his climate modeling garbage. Number two, recognize how extreme how extreme the agenda is of those who want to solve the problem for you. It is pretty much a complete takeover of all of America. If you have got the Green New Deal in place, you would not be able to tell the difference of America and some communist controlled country. Number three fact, just one of many collections, but people have collected over time all of these past predictions, past predictions of climate doom and gloom. We're all going to die. This is the latest thing. You know, AOC, we're going to die in 12 years. This woman, I'm, girl, I'm going to play in a moment. It says 11 years, whatever. There have been climate disaster predictions for decades and decades and decades from the UN, from climate scientists who get on board with these because A, it gets them attention, B, it gets them grant money, C, it gets them fame and, and a name for themselves, and it allows, it causes, I'll tell you why this climate change mission has worked so well duping the American people, is because near, hardly any of us are climate scientists. Most of us say, well, gee, they're climate scientists, I'm not a climate scientist, I don't know about this, maybe they're right. The leftists who are pushing the climate change agenda are simply leftists who are using the climate change agenda as the latest vehicle to seize power and redistribute wealth. That's what the climate crisis crisis is all about. The climate alarmism is all about. Now, I want to be clear. We have to take care of the environment. The environment is a different thing. The idea of clean air, clean water, you know, making companies that have uh, littered in the ocean and, or making anyone who's been polluting the ocean, polluting our lakes and rivers and polluting the air. Everyone insists that you have to have a clean environment and no one is backing away from that. You can want a clean environment and not go along with the climate change hysteria. But the climate change people are about see, be, being in charge of everything, like Trump was talking about the UN today. These are people who want power over you, and they have found a vehicle to convince you you must surrender to everything they want, including massive wealth redistribution because of the alleged emergency the climate alarmists are selling. Let me tell you just a few of these. This one writer happened to make a list of 41, 
41, past predictions of climate impending doom, we're all going to die. None of them came true. Here's one, 1967. We're going to have a dire famine by 1975. 1969, everyone will disappear in a cloud of blue steam by 1989. You have, in 1970, we're going to have an ice age on the whole planet by the year 2000. Uh, okay, make it the year 2070. They moved it a few times, ice age coming. They had scientific consensus, planet is cooling, famine is imminent. Famine is imminent. That was made in 1976. Then we had 1978. There's no end in sight to the 30-year cooling trend. And then we have, you know, 1989. Rising sea levels will obliterate nations. This was a UN document. 1989. Rising sea levels will obliterate the uh, the world by night by a two, by the year 2000. Obliterate whole countries. New York City, 1989. New York City's West Side Highway will be underwater by 2019. Here we are, as far as I know, you can still drive on it. Arctic ice will be, with the Arctic will have no ice left by 2018. I could read you a list of 41 of these. And that was the third point. And leading up to this video, I wanna play. There's a young woman whose um, statement at the UN summit, climate summit, went viral. I mean, totally viral. She was talking about what's going to happen. This young woman, 16 years old, in a TED talk, has previously announced, she said to the world, she is slightly autistic. She has Asperger's, or some limited degree of Asperger problem, and she suffered from depression. She was a testifier at the UN climate summit. And I want to ask Matt the Wonderful to play her clip for us, please. My message is that we'll be watching you. <laughs> this is all wrong. I shouldn't be up here. I should be back in school on the other side of the ocean. Yet you all come to us young people for hope. How dare you? You have stolen my dreams and my childhood with your empty words, and yet I'm one of the lucky ones. People are suffering, people are dying, entire ecosystems are collapsing. We are in the beginning of a mass extinction, and all you can talk about is money and fairy tales of eternal economic growth. How dare you? This young lady that you were just hearing speak, her name is Greta Thunberg. You can hear her accent. She's not American, but she's over in New York, in New York at the UN, the summit, climate summit. I just want to say several things about her. This is not an attack on her. What I'm saying is an attack on her handlers. It's, attack, it's an attack on the radical climate alarmists that would use a young woman who is 16 years old obviously truly frightened to death that she the world's going to end other statements she 11 years 12 years everything's done she's making statements like people are suffering and dying there's always that statement no proof where where i mean i'm not i'm not blaming her she actually has as i've said she has problems she's already suffering from depression she said so in a ted speech and she has uh, asperger's and she has some uh, element of autism in her on the autism spectrum she's not the problem 
The problem are the leftist handlers who would delude her into thinking that what she's saying is real. I want to ask those leftist handlers, her parents, her education, the left that would fly her around the world in this climate activism summit, did any of them tell her about the list of 41 times that climate activists, climate alarmists, have made absurd, bizarre, deathly, deadly predictions, and none of it happened? Did anyone point that out to her? I wonder if she would see it differently. She realized they're always making up this stuff, and they're always alarming people. Did anyone mention to her that books have been written, now a new one coming out I mentioned, books have been written pointing out that the climate alarmism is, is based entirely on climate modeling, which is not scientific, which is in, fact, is, is in fact intentionally manipulated to exaggerate the danger they say is being caused. Did anyone point out to her there's always a small cabal of leftists in this world pushing climate alarmism? We had statements that read on the show before. Two different UN uh, officials have said in different occasions, acknowledging the entire purpose, purpose of the whole climate accord and the climate mission of the UN is to force wealth redistribution. It's not about the environment. It's not about thinking that ecosystems are dying. It's not about thinking that you know New York is going to be underwater next week. There may be some segment of these people that believe that, but the manipulators, the ones orchestrating this, it's all about taking power, controlling you, and forcing the redistribution of wealth out of a sense of guilt and fear. That's what's happening. That young lady is a victim of the people manipulating her. And just if you heard the tone in her voice, she's scared to death. The left should be embarrassed, ashamed, humiliated for treating her that way, for giving her their one-sided, we're all going to die climate non-science, not telling her all the times that many, many times scientists have pointed out the climate models are false, the data is false, are, the data are false. There have been so, there have been just dozens and dozens of predictions that never happen. Any kind of balanced presentation about the alarmism the left pushes about climate ought to requ be required to include the climate scientists who are saying this is absolutely bogus, this is absolutely ridiculous, this is not happening, this is a farce. But you have a young woman at the UN scared out of her mind. Her parents, her educators, her handlers, all of them have behaved atrociously in putting her in that position. I feel compassion for her. I, I wish she could receive better information and get a more balanced perspective about life because yes, we have to protect the environment, but protecting the environment is not the same thing as buying into the radical climate alarmist agenda, surrender all your cars, surrender your air, airline flights, surrender your comfort, be too hot in your home in the summer and too cold in your home in the winter, Get, get rid of all fossil fuels and rely on unreliable sources of energy, the radical agenda, and ultimately the international level, it's all about wealth redistribution. It's all about forcing the wealthier nations to simply hand over wealth to poorer nations. That's what it's all about. And it's about time more leaders like President Trump start speaking up about it. Last topic I want to hit today and talk about another ratty, rotten thing that the uh, left does to people. I want to just put up an image of these two, this young couple, and tell you what happened to them. This young couple, uh, whose names are Jolie, the woman's Jolie King, the guy is named Mark Firkin. These people have been the victim of left-wing 
blather trying to tell people that any criticism or concern about the agenda of radical Islam is just Islamophobia. There's no reason to be concerned about Islam. It, it's not, it really is a religion of peace. There's no reason to worry about them at all. So these two, they are Australians. They came from the country of Australia. They went off on a world tour, a vlogging, V-L-O-G-G-I-N-G, -G -G, vlogging with a video, travel around the world, and they wanted to go to Iran. They wanted to go to the country of Iran to break the stigma about traveling to countries which get a bad rap in the media. So they showed up this year, so they've been traveling around the world, vlogging, you know, taking videos and blogging about the world and the world's a safe place and we're visiting countries just to prove how safe they are, blah, blah. June 30th, they ended up in uh, Iran, the country of Iran, and they had just arrived. They were camped on a nice hill right next to the capital of Tehran. They used their little, uh, they, they decided to float their, um, I can't think of the name of it, but anyway, they were taking video and they got arrested taking video in Iran. They got arrested for taking this video without, a drone, sorry, I couldn't think of the word. So they were using a drone, taking video, just to add to their vlog. So they have this drone flying around in Iran, taking video. They got arrested for unlicensed use of a drone, and that was um, in July. And they're in prison in the country of Iran. These two happy campers, everything's fine. Islam is wrongly criticized, you know, and so they're arrested in Iran. They are sitting in jail in Iran. I want to read you something else about the great country of Iran, and that is a piece I actually could not believe I was able to find it online, but there is a book put out, and I was actually able to print out the whole book, a book put out by Iranian Ayatollah Murtada Mutari, Mutahari. Ayatollah Murtada Mutahari. If you want a link to this, you can go to our website, AmericaCanWeTalk.org, and on the homepage under shows, go down a list of links, you can get a link to this book. In this book, this Ayatollah explained to America, explained to the world, that, by the way, his book is called Jihad, The Holy War of Islam and its legitimacy in the Quran. He basically goes to the Quran, making the argument that the Quran does actually require devout Muslims to engage in jihad to conquer the world for Islam. He quotes the, the passages in the Quran, he explains them, he spells it out. Yes, let me say it again. This is an ayatollah in Iran with a book out talking about, yes, indeed, the Quran does say, and we agree it's right, that it is the duty of devout Muslims to engage in jihad for the purpose of bringing the entire world into submission to Islam. I'll just read you a few of his little uh, quotes he had to say. And again, uh, actually, I can't read that. I'll read one quick quote he had to say. While Christianity does not cross the frontiers of advice, Islam is a religion that covers all the activities of human life. It has laws that govern society, economics, and politics. It came to organize a state, to organize a government. He says, Islam, however, is a religion that sees it, sees as its duty a commitment to form an Islamic state. Islam came to reform society and form a nation and government. Its mandate is the reform of the whole world. Islam runs Iran. This unfortunate Australian couple shows up believing the left's lies about any criticism of Islam, any concern about Islam. 
constitutes Islamophobia, they think they're enlightened, they're going to show the world, oh, everything's fine, look, we're in Iran. So now they're in jail, a couple months, and there's some talk about negotiations, like the Iranians want some terrorist released from prison, I guess in Australia, in order to trade these two, and like, no trade deal is, has been, uh, is, isn't afoot, apparently. But the point is, when you lie to young people, as the left does, you lie about the danger of Islam, you lie about the climate, you're actually harming people. The young woman who spoke at the UN summit on climate has been deeply harmed by the left's effort to lie about the extremity of the problem, the man-caused climate change is gonna kill us all 11 years. She actually believed it because no one told her all the rest of the facts. And my friends, we got to, we're almost at the end of the show. I want to turn to why the stories we talked about today matter to you. First story, Trump at the UN, he was fabulous. Uh, President Trump urged every country to value itself, protect its own citizens. He reaffirmed his commitment to protect America and denounce globalism. You gotta love that. He called out China. Oh, great speeches on China and Iran. I didn't even get to that. President Trump called out China specifically in detail about their unfair trade practices, confirmed he'll stand up. He talked, called out Iran for their aggression, explained why dropping out of the nuclear deal was right, confirmed sanctions due to their attack on Saudi Arabia. He is fearless. And at the core, he got up and stood for America. The American media and now appearance of the Democrats in the House continue their relentless personal assault on him, but Trump is standing strong for America. On this climate hysteria at the UN and everywhere, the left is shamelessly and disgracefully exploiting climate alarmist poster child Greta Thunberg, who appears to be indoctrinated. She apparently is completely unaware of past bogus climate threats deeply frightened, depressed, despairing, based on climate models that actual climate scientists Dr. Motutaka Nakamura and others have shown are bogus. We can protect the environment and also not submit to the climate alarmist agenda. Follow the motives of the climate alarmist. It always boils down to surrendering freedom to people who seek power over your life and accepting forced wealth redistribution. On the Islamic snowflake tragedy, Na naive liberal Aussie snowflake couple on a worldwide vlogging junket to demonstrate, among other things, that Islamic countries are misunderstood and unfairly criticized, enter Iran, are arrested, put in a legendary harsh Iranian prison, we're going to think about what's happening there, for operating unlicensed drone used in taking photos two months ago. When Iranian ayatollahs tell you that Islam intends to take over the world, that jihad is for the purpose of imposing Islam on everyone, we should believe them. Leftists perpetuating the myth that any concern about Islamic doctrine is due to Islamophobia, they are at least partially responsible for what happened to this couple. Speaking truth matters. And that, my friends, is America Can We Talk for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. Email me at americacanwetalk at gmail.com. Like this page on Facebook. Subscribe on YouTube. Follow me on Twitter. I love the, the conversation about preserving the most precious, extraordinary experiment in human liberty that ever existed, which is America. I speak up about America because America matters. Talk to you next time. America, can we talk truth about America? Can you hear?